This is Ash from All Things Dentistry, and you are listening to the All Things Dentistry podcast, a place where we talk about things that I learned in the daily practice of dentistry, doing a lot of root canals. So, uh, back on the air for a little bit. We had uh, just a couple days ago, I did my first root canal case. It's actually a really interesting case, and it really highlights for me again the training I'm so grateful for, and actually the colleagues I work with. Just doing diagnosis, that can be very interesting at the best of times. So, you know, it's obviously uh, coronavirus right now. We're the 21st or 22nd of May. And PPE, the personal protective equipment, it can be a very daunting and fearful task to go and treat patients. And, you know, I'm grateful for the institution that I work for. We have all the things that we need. So we're very fortunate. And also I'm very grateful for the people behind the scenes doing the work, not only setting this stuff up, but also review, you know, reviewing the research. There's tons of research, it's crazy. And, you know, it's kind of deciphering. It's on the news all the time now. But I'm very grateful for that because we've sort of set up our own institutional rules uh, regarding how to treat patients in this time. So this patient presented, she's probably about 45, 45 years old. It's a very interesting case. That's kind of what I want to talk about it. Uh, my buddy Amir saw her about a week ago, and she had this almost like a cellulitis. He said on his on her uh, left face, starting from the uh, sort of the anterior region of the mandible, kind of extending to the top of her head, and actually almost sort of uh, Ludwig angina esque on the, along the bottom of the mandible. So he was really concerned. So he did his obviously he did his diagnosis and clinical exam, and it turns out that tooth number four one so her uh, mandibular uh, mandibular central incisor of all teeth was necrotic and she had this huge abscess right along the mandible you know the posterior part of her mandible so he accessed tooth number four one and she had a number of baby teeth as well so those baby teeth i'll tell you can be hard to get to respond to any type of stimulus in terms of vitality testing so he accessed tooth number four one, uh, cleaned it out a bit, and then put her, gave her clindamycin, and off she went. And about a week later, she still had this large abscess, sort of right, kind of where her first premolar would have been, because she has a deciduous tooth there. And it's very, it was like, what the heck? Uh, so her symptoms have kind of gone down, but not really. And this is not a hero. This isn't a hero discussion. Like I came in and saved the day. Well, I kind of did, but I didn't. But it's more just how important it is to do the diagnosis. And so what we did, uh, he asked me to come and see her because he doesn't use a microscope. And uh, I'll tell you, wearing that PPE with goggles, face shield, N95. I've, this is two days out. <laughs> And I can find, for some reason, the N95 masks that we have, um, I don't know where they're made, but well, we all have an idea. It's in China or maybe even 3M, I'm not sure, in the States. But the smell from the packaging in that thing is still haunting me. If I can still smell it two days later. And I'll tell you, that's even worse than wearing the gas mask we use for work sometimes. We don't use that often, but the training I've had, I mean, this thing is just N95 wearing it for two hours. Blech. So I still have that smell. Um, but uh, so we used the scope and that was interesting. I'll talk about that in a sec, just trying to line it up so you can actually see with 
fogging goggles, but I'm grateful I was able to get it done. So he was able to access one of the canals and his concern was just, you know, the mandibular central incisors, they're going to have two canals. 40% of the time there's two canals and, you know, I mean, they're 40% of the time they're going to join into one uh, portal of exit, pretty standard. But where the uh, abscess was, so when we saw her, it was very interesting because I'm not used, it was the first patient I've ever seen and I'm not used to consulting with a mask. And then we're layering on top all this other PPE. So she came and see my facial expressions. She didn't know who I am. And here I'm attacking her with, well, I wouldn't say attacking her, but you know, okay, here we go. And barely, it was just a very odd situation. So I think I'm gonna start doing uh, virtual consults so they can see me. Uh, before we see them. I think that's a better way of doing it. You can see my face and we crack some jokes as many as we can just to make them feel a little more comfortable because um, she was fairly anxious to start and then not being able to see my face I felt and I couldn't even see her face so it was really it felt disconcerting uh, from a patient standpoint. So we did her diagnosis, diagnosis testing was actually able to get the deciduous teeth to respond and we did use the EPT so they responded as well so of all things I'm like okay well it must be that central incisor not cleaned out enough so we're able to number up so we put all this PPE on we have this like because um, to me likely it's that I was really surprised but it was the uh, second canal just cleaning and shaping this thing out to a uh, to a larger canal larger file size placing calcium hydroxide really was just the, the, the success the key to success and so once we you know and actually we're working at a different clinic so i had to bring a bunch of stuff and ironically i forgot my promark motor which i use wave one gold so i had to go back to you know those old aseptical motors from like 1995 so we have a bunch of those kicking around i think everyone does so and this clinic has a whole bunch of pro taper next which is a great file just can't bend it very well so um we had all this stuff set up gowned up get in there so the way we did it was um she does a hydroperoxide rinse uh we took one intro radiograph and what it's really ironic our computer system is below standard because it's institutional so painful uh to make these computers work with uh uh, imaging software so what happened was uh we placed so i was like okay well here's this abscess i can still see it it's almost like a fistula or a sinus tract so i traced it with some gutta percha just to see where it's going because it's in the middle of her mandible so i'm like where is this thing maybe it's going posteriorly maybe it's a cracked tooth or something uh that's gone necrotic but sure enough that once we finally got an x-ray the uh gutta percha you could see was tracing towards the four the four one the central incisor and i'll put the link up to where that picture is and so it's like okay well likely it's this tooth so what we did was we applied anesthesia numbed her up really well and in this case because she was super anxious it was super painful super painful at tapping as well percussion that tooth number four one uh what i elected to do was give her the, the block so i gave her three lidocaine like i normally do and then I'll let her sit up, let her calm down, you know, let her kind of catch her breath after that wonderful experience. And then I'll tap on all the teeth. Uh, because it's necrotic in this case, uh, I, there's no way I can get, I mean, the teeth around it, I can get kind of 
uh, a cold sensitivity. Uh, but I really want that tooth to be super numb. So what I did was I gave her a bit of a PDL because it was a little bit percussion sensitive. Mind you, being very careful not to try to uh, push that type of uh, infectious bacterial thing anywhere else. So not to seed it anywhere else, as I'm trying to say. If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm actually, we got a brand new pandemic puppy in our house, a little yellow lab. So we're out walking together at 6 a.m. because uh, the kids don't want to walk the dog, but dad does. So we numbed her up, rubber dam, and then I bleached the tooth. Uh, and then off we went with the, uh, with the access. Now, a buddy of mine, so Amir accesses all these teeth now, and I think I'm going to switch to that because I was like, man, this would take forever with a slow speed through enamel because he's already gotten into it. But I started with a round burr whew, into, uh, into the triage. My God, it would take forever. But what he's been doing, and I remember seeing these in supply in every place I've worked, those old school 557 crosscut slow speed burrs. And I was reading an article last night again, just or the popular text that once we became in the 1950s when we had uh, high-speed turbines came out, uh, <laughs> the need for crosscut was diminished. And it, the crosscut was actually used for slow speed. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So uh, next time, next tooth, I got a bunch lined up on uh, next Wednesday. We'll talk about that as well. But we'll uh, we'll be using the 557 crosscut, and the reason why is if because our tiger team has said if you don't use air water syringe, and if you use just a slow speed, you minimize the aerosol, so I don't have to go up to the aerosol generating procedure. But for this case, because we're already in all the PPE, so that is you know airtight goggles, face shield, hair bonnet, surgical surgical hair thing, bonnet some sort of gown, like surgical gown, scrubs, booties. I'm like, holy macaroni, this is crazy. Um, and obviously it's for both the patient's protection and uh, our provider's protection, but man, it's crazy. So we get in the tooth and actually, as I'm using the slow speed, it's taking forever. So I just opt to use a high speed uh, without water. So we get in there, find you know the initial canal. And this has been my experience. Um, that if you don't open up the tooth enough, so you just take a 10 or a 15 file for pulpectomy, I don't think it's enough to get enough irrigant down there, down to the apical third, where it's most important to clean it out. So um, Amir did a great job. Uh, we just needed to open it up a little more. So what we did was we just took, honestly, I just took the uh, X2. So it's a 2508, I think, or 2507 and just took it right to length, kind of a pecking motion, uh, open up the buccal canal and then troughed a little bit more for the lingual canal. And there it was, boom. So open that up too, they both joined and then irrigated the heck out of it. We use a 10 milliliter syringe for hypochlorite. And I'll tell you, actually, I should make a small YouTube video on that because if you're doing endo, in this PPE, you want to minimize the number of things you have to keep turning around and doing because you know I found there was just a loss of peripheral vision, these crazy goggles. So using a 10 milliliter syringe is such a simple thing because the dental system doesn't have to keep reloading the little wee ones. So we uh, we used that, placed some calcium hydroxide, sealed it up, and we waited. So I gave her a call the next day. 
and it worked. So fingers are crossed. Uh, I've been also, I've been down the road. I've been doing this long enough where something's worked eight days out and then something else was the problem and I missed the entire diagnosis. So I uh, can't say that for sure that it is the solution, but we're going to uh, check back. And in the next podcast, we'll talk about this case. So the last point I wanted to talk about was, you know, it's still you're still able to use the microscope with this crazy PPE on. You just have to lock down all the little joints that move and then push really hard with your goggles against the binoculars to be able to see. So that's for uh, an aerosol generating procedure using the goggles because at this time, and if you ever run across this podcast in 10 years, you probably find out that coronavirus doesn't even transmit through uh, mucous membranes, but here we are. Anyways, thanks so much for listening to this point. I appreciate it. Hope you have a wonderful day and uh, talk to you soon.